Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Okay. Are we good then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> okay. Here we go then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We got Andy. Hey, now. And Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? All right. This is episode 280, What Grinds My Gears. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, let's catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? All right, not all at once now. Not me. (laughs) Uh, I'll go ahead and go first, since mine's probably going to be the shortest. All Um, right. Wednesday, uh, tried to go flying with with K-Dub. It was a little too windy for my taste, but, you know, got the kickback, BS, and, you know, made in his uh, Protos Nitro, which that was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, um, Yeah, he's got the... He's got the YS engine with the uh, power tune. With the, yeah, with the power tune. Oh, damn, that was impressive. That thing just sheer pulls. And then when it comes to, you know, whenever Keith is just throwing down, videos do absolutely no justice. Yeah. Nice. In the middle of the flight, he uh, he lost a... Uh, I, as he was flying, I heard a like a little tick, and it's like, dude, what was that? And he's like, oh no, probably hit something blowing in the wind. And it's like I didn't see nothing, so he went ahead and landed it. And w- the where your uh, pitch, uh, your tail pitch control rod connects uh-huh. to, um, there's a bearing that holds that whole assembly together along with a, a long bolt. Well, the bolt flew out and took the bearing with it, so it was just like. You know, he started looking around for bearings and he figured out, you know, there was a bearing in my NX4 that he, uh, that could fit. So he went ahead and dropped that out and stuck it back in there, loctited it and went back to flying. But, you know, it, it was, it was still a really good day, even though I got like one flight in, it's just the wind was a little too much for me. It was probably around 15, 20 mile an hour winds, but it didn't phase him at all. So, mm-hmm. uh, went flying for a little bit, um, did the simulator on Friday. Of course, usual people in there. Same old BS. That was fun. Oh, man. Boy, is it. Yeah. And as far as that, the rest I've done is literally worked. <laughs> I literally worked all throughout the weekend. Uh, I think I worked until probably about 9 o'clock. And then uh, went ahead and got myself some uh, ribs and then Got home, watched nice. the, the last end of the game. You know, figured I'd get home before all the gunshots started going out. <laughs> what game were you watching? Uh, the Chiefs versus uh, oh, Buffalo. That football stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah I did a few memes on that, foosball. too. <laughs> foosball? Foosball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, still, it was a good game, and uh, it's about time Chiefs you know, start making it back-to-back to uh, the playoffs and then the Super Bowl versus, uh, you know, with the previous lineups, they just fizzle out by the time playoffs start. And they've been doing good for the past couple of years. It's great. Nice. Sweet. 
Um, other than that, that's about all I've been up to. Okay. Nice. Who's next? Me? Yeah, sure. Kevin, what have you been up to? Well, like Ian said, we were in the sim on Friday, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a drink, and then I had a few more. I think it was Friday. No. Friday was okay. Saturday, me and Tito just didn't get along. <laughs> Saturday oh, night. Man. You know, what happens. And I like the Jackson 5, so I don't even understand where he gets off doing what he was doing. But, <laughs> yeah, Sunday was not good. And the only thing I can figure is it wasn't Kettle 1, it was Tito's. So uh, I had one of those type of weekends. Didn't really leave the house that much because it was bitching ass cold up here. It was like in the 20s and just very windy, just nasty out. But uh, Yuck. yeah, not really flying weather. So I did. I played uh, played some games online and I did some more work on R2, which was pretty good. And uh, got a door to open and close, which sounds like nothing when I say it like that. But it took a while to figure out like linkage. And I guess that's why I like this project so much. It's like, okay, I know what the guy intended to do, like, and how he engineered it. And I printed all the parts, you know, it's supposed to be flexible filament as like a hinge slash arm to work on the servo, but it didn't work nearly the way I wanted it to work. So I was like, okay, I think I can figure out a better way of doing this. So I took a old planker style, like piece that, you know, goes over the control rod that plastic piece that has like uh the cylinder a little tiny cylinder in the middle and you kind of squeeze it together um that that type of thing to uh to work on a on an arm that i had to 3d print and i had to like 3d make uh which worked out really good and uh i've been using that board i was talking about that that uh palulu maestro board and got into programming that a little bit. And that's like super simple to program. And I wanted to make sure like the Arduino could talk to that. So I kind of accomplished that. And I was like, all right, this is this is working as it should, you know, work. And I uh, did some more painting, a little more priming. There were some areas. Like there's an area where he displays a lot of lights. I think I sent you guys a video. And mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to make sure that was like primed up. And so I did some masking and painting on that. And after I spent some time in the garage with the fumes, I don't know what happened uh, after that. <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah, it's all a blur after that. I really did nothing else. I wanted to mess with my uh, Oxy-5 and the uh, Aero Panda buffer pack, but I didn't even get a chance to do that. Just spent mm-hmm. a lot of time like designing stuff and, uh, and you know, 3D printing it, see if it would work, and then designing a change. And it's... I I, I kind of enjoy those projects, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's been coming along pretty good. So what about you guys? Who's next? Uh, I could go next. Uh, I didn't fly, didn't sim. Did get a chance to work on some helis though, so it's pretty long overdue. Um, let's see. Yeah, we missed you on the sim, dude. Yeah, yeah, we I gotta try to make fun. it on. Yeah. Um, on my 580 Nitro, so I had a, I had a set of 5001, you know, mini servos. Mm-hmm. So I figure, um, on a Nitro, I want to line it up as much as possible. Um, I'm still running 570 blades on it, so disloading, you know, I mean, it's good, but it's not great. So I wanted to, um, 
lighten it up just a tad. So I put the 5,000 ones on there. I think it only removes actually like two ounces or something like that or two grams. So it's something small. Um, but it's fine. I needed those servers for the raw anyways. So um, I'll have those set aside now, ready to go. Um, on the Black Nitro, though, that was the one that was kind of long overdue. You know, I, I rebuilt that OS motor that was in there, but I never changed the back um, rear bearing. After like the third flight, it was just making noise. And I was like, okay, I got to swap it out. So I kind of just hung it on the wall for, for the time being. And so this past uh, weekend, since I wasn't going out to fly, I um, said, okay, let me wrench on some alleys. So I took the uh, 105 out of there. Um, I put my 91 Turek back in there. Um, this time it was rebuilt with the power tune um, with a OS carb that I had on a, it was actually, come, it came from a 91 uh, 3D or no, 3C, the, I don't know, three F3C motor or whatever I had. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I put that carb on there. So it's running that OS carb on the, the YS motor setup. So hopefully I'll get a chance to see what that feels like uh, this coming weekend. Nice. Uh, did order some other small stuff too. Uh, I needed a bunch of, I I've been kind of running low on servo leads and I had this little side project that I wanted to do for the black nitro. So normally I run a backplate sensor, but, um, with the YS, like you have to get the gapping right. And I've been having pretty good luck with the 580 nitro and the magnets, even though I glued them in wrong. So I figure, let me try to make this rpm sensor myself um so i bought a whole bunch of hall effect sensors and um they're like i think they're in a pack of four in each pack that i bought but i i didn't know that i thought it was just one so i was like oh let me buy four. Oh, geez <laughs> so i know having 16 of these things you pulled so the like, planker okay. dude you got yeah. sensors for days <laughs> yeah I'm like all right <laughs> i don't have that many nitros but okay i'll make these sensors and see how they go and if it works out well you know um yeah i got sensors so we'll see how it goes but uh oh yeah i ordered the magnets and the servo leads and everything else so i got pretty much uh everything on the way i got the hall effect sensors they're tiny they're really tiny yeah um but yeah Kind of side project to get those going. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Andy, what you got? Yes. You don't make your own servo leads? Uh, I used to. I stopped. I mean, I make my own, like, extensions I do. Yeah. But, but even then, like, I'm running low. Like, I don't have much in that box as far as um, connectors and ends and crimp, you know? Yeah. I want to yeah. get some of those sensors and make some. Not that I need one right now, but. Look like it'd be good to solder some up and have them on hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. I never did uh, that. I never tried to make my own uh, leads like that. I've used the crimper. I think Jeff has a setup, and I've uh-huh. I've done some, but... Uh, yeah, it's I've not never... hard. No. And, and, well, you can make them any length you want. That's the reason I do it. Yeah, and the Telerotor show on that, you know, they, they get their balls busted about the crimper show, but that was a really good show about that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, some of the stuff I didn't didn't realize. You know, I thought crimpers were crimpers. Yep. Uh, sorry, Andy. Didn't mean to interrupt. Damn it! You interrupted me, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Damn it! Son of a bitch. So just start over. So, Andy, what you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't get um, started, dude. So how can I interrupt you? Right. Now I you do know it how again. It, when people, yeah, if you think of my train of thought, 
think of the old timey cartoon where the two guys are pumping the little wagon down the track <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> yeah. That's my train of thought. Okay. So I flew most days this week. Nice. Yeah. Get more flights on this oxy five. Yeah. Nice. Awesome, um, man. Yes. The, and I simmed on Friday at one point I looked at the discord and we had 18 people on there and then a few dropped off and a few more jumped on. So, I mean, we had a, a big crowd. A yeah. Lot of fun. I forgot to say, That's you know, awesome. Frank was there. Frank showed yeah. up. Uh, Frank. Steve from Florida. Yeah. Everybody. I took Jamie a picture Ian. of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Ian, Cliff, Tom. I wanted to say to the listeners, you know, if you're thinking about just jumping on, just jump on. Even if you want to sim with Next, I think guys are running a, like a, a Next mm-hmm. sim uh-huh. you yeah. know, room as we're yeah, doing some, the AccuRC. Yeah. Some guys don't even sim. They just get on and hang out. Yeah, like the planker. That's cool, too. Who showed I mean, up? We had like six people show up on uh, just Next alone, but I think a couple of them were just, you know, people just casually at home and not even on our Discord. So Nice. That's cool. McToon's been hopping on. He's been on two weeks in a row. Oh, that's right. And Devin, his son, been jumping on, too. So those guys are cool. Yeah. I tell you what, if you've got a question about anything with helis, chances are someone on here can answer it. Uh, there's probably several people can answer it, and at least one of them will be correct. <laughs> 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 right? Exactly. Yep. Uh, I, I talked about, uh, was it last week or week before, that one of my batteries that I was planning to use for the Oxy-5 had lost a cell and went bad. Well, I found two more packs that were almost brand new strapped to a Protos tray. Since I really haven't been flying the Protos, I was like, all right, score. Two new batteries. I think they had 13 (laughs) cycles each on them. Wow. Nice. I thought you were going to say, yeah, you know the one that was missing the cell? Well, I found the missing cell. <laughs> <laughs> I so thought you were going to lay it up to that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that would batteries. be pretty damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, as boy, soon as yeah. I get my batteries, I take them apart and just, you know, if I need five cells, I grab five. Yeah, six, just I get what six. you need. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that crazy. <laughs> But it was cool to find some batteries. I still haven't got my stuff from Shannon. I think it has gotten lost in the USPS system. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it'll show up someday. But I ordered and received this week uh, the buffer pack from Aeropanda. I ended up buying the small one. Yeah. I have a bunch of the big ones. Uh Uh-huh. And... I couldn't really find a good spot to put it on the Oxy-5. So I was like, well, let's try the small one just to see. And sitting on the bench, moving the servos slowly, like, you know, just a little bit, like stirring the stick very slowly, mm-hmm. and get about 20 seconds. Um, okay. Now, with the big one, I can move the servos fast, like yeah. just pitch pump, and I get about 20 25, 30 seconds. So there's a substantial difference there, but it's half the size. Right. It's not exactly half the weight, 
the the big one weighs one one 1.7 ounces and the small one weighs one ounce so it's close to half the weight but not hardly and but it's half the size relatively Uh and i mounted it to the inside of the rear uh, lower frame the piece that goes down to your landing gear kevin right and you can barely even see it from the outside i put the button on the front so when i you can reach back there touch the button and your your hands you know right there at the the battery tray disconnect okay so i think it's going to work out good i would like to have a little bit more time but i figured with at least you know, 20, maybe even 15 seconds by the time I start to react after hearing the timer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's timer. Like, that's alarm time as well. It runs for maybe four to five seconds before the alarm kicks in. I have it set at a half a volt below. I figure that's enough to stop whatever I'm doing, possibly get it on the ground, you know, with an auto or something. But, at least put it in a controlled state and, you know, start bringing it down to where if it does crash, it would just be a, a controlled descent type crash instead of hurricaning straight off into the building or something. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll still be worth having it. Yep. I've actually never had a failure yet, you know, knock on wood, but I, I like to have a backup system just in case. You never know. Well, I had that time I was flying 690, the battery come come out of the, because I didn't lock it in. I never right. turned the piece, and that saved me there. Yeah. Uh, that so it's definitely one time use, and it's paid for itself. So it's oh, definitely absolutely. worth it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy with how the small one fits in the smaller heli. I definitely don't think it's big enough for a 700, because I'm running many servos. Uh, although there are fairly stout servos, I'm sure they don't, they pull more power than, than something, than some others, Uh but a full size servo would probably drain that thing too fast to really be worth it. Yeah. But that said, you have a lot more room on a 700, so it's not really an issue at that point. Right. This 550 Oxy five, just, it doesn't have a lot of free space in it. Um, and that's not to say you couldn't strap a big one on there. It just doesn't look as good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look at that. Uh, let's see. I also did some testing flights and logged some, logged a couple flights to see the amp draw. I knew you asked me last week, Kevin, what kind of, uh, you asked me something. Yeah, I was asking what your like peak amp draw was. On a, right, on an and I, I'd give you some data, but then I, when I went back and did it again, it was off just a tad because uh, my sensor wasn't perfectly calibrated, and now it is. Okay. Uh, and I attached a picture of some logs down below in the bottom of the dock if you want to look at this real quick. The very most peak, I did a, a really hard flight. I'm geared to run 2250 max head speed and maximum I was able to pull 173 amps wow. but that was only that was a peak and I was only above 120 amps for 
Let's see. Like 37. Well, about a second, I guess. Not hardly. Three quarters of a second. So, I mean, that, it, was, it was a pretty hell of a peak. But now I was full collective, um, like doing like a hurricane type thing, you know, just loading it up as much as I possibly could. Yeah. ESC was putting out a hundred percent head speed would dropped, uh, at this peak, the head speed had dropped to 1900, 2250. So I was bogging the shit out of it. Yeah. And the battery volts dropped all the way down to 19.8. So I was really like putting the screws to it, so to speak. And this is a what what ESC is this? This is a Hobbywing 120. That's what I thought. Yeah, and it looks yeah. like you don't really go over you. I mean, no, you're, that's you're peaking at like um, 140. If you look at the, the log that says the high high flight. If you look over about the 139 second, you see a bunch of peaks. That's when I was like really just yeah. full collective hurricane as fast as it possibly would do and bogging the shit out of it. Like that's all it would do. It would bog down to 1900 and then it would ease up and then, yeah. you know, over and over again. Yeah. And then about halfway through the flight, I felt so bad and thought something was going to catch on fire that I dropped down to 1950 and finished it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Um, I got, let me see the temperature. At that one point, I got like up to, well, it's in Celsius, 45 degrees Celsius peaked. I figured it before, and it was about 35 degrees over ambient. It was okay. fairly cold outside. It was, uh, I think I got it up to 90 degrees. No, I got it up to like 80 degrees, but it was only... 30 something outside. Yeah, I can't remember the temperature, but it definitely got warm, the ESC. But I mean, it cooled off quickly after that, so not a big deal. After that, I did a, a kind of an average flight. Right. And that's the second picture there. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Dramatically yeah, different. An average, kind of an average flight for me. This is at my idle up to like 2080 ish. RPM 2100 around that area doing sloppy TikToks. I was peeking out at like a hundred, mm, like 120 at the most. And this is just being really yeah. sloppy with it. You know, call it a hundred average for the peaks. And then normal flying around, dude, I was only putting like 40 amps, 40, yeah. 50 amps, you know, just doing figure eights stall turns, my kind of normal stuff, you know, doing a little bit more harder 3d. I could get up around that hundred, 110 amp mark. So I'm very happy with that. This kind of ties into what we're going to talk about later. Yeah, exactly. Uh Kyle, why I wanted to bring it up. I'm really happy with the power system. I've got in here, the motor ESC and the way it's geared for my flight style for my RPM. I think it's just perfect. Like I can yeah. I can tax the system if I want, but if I just fly my normal stuff, it's very easy on it. And you if know, you no look at the, the ESC power output, I mean, you're in the eighty to ninety percent range on your second flight. You peaked mm-hmm. it in the top mm-hmm. flight there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can peak it, but like even when I was doing those sloppy TikToks, I mean, you're looking at like 90, 95% at right. the peaks. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Head speed drops a little, but nothing crazy. That kind of ties into the governor uh, mm-hmm. episode we had mm-hmm. where Nick was talking about, you know, your ESC being in that 80 to 80 to 90% range. Right. Exactly. So it, it's definitely worth doing a flight and pulling the logs on it and looking at this data, especially if you have any questions, if you're thinking, and we'll get into this in, in a minute, but if you're thinking, you know, am I geared right? Am I over geared, under geared? You know, I'm, I'm flying and it's bogging, but is it bogging because I've run out of headspace and it just can't do anymore? Or is it bogging because I've run out of torque? And it can't do anymore. So these logs are definitely helpful in that regard. Let me ask a stupid question number one for this episode. Um, probably stupid question one million in my lifetime. But uh, <laughs> so can the V bar? The V bar touch obviously can do this type of graph, right? But you would need you would need integration with the ESC. Yes, and that used or to be a, or a UI sensor, sensor. right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if yeah. the classic can do that as well. I think it can, I right? I think. Uh, or is it correct just... me if I'm wrong, Steve, but can't you download the log and then look at it in some type of software or something to pull all this graph data out? I think I you can with the VBAR Touch. Uh, the Touch has the vCloud. Yeah. And it gets us it gets all uploaded to a I was server. thinking you could do it with the classic as well, but I'm not <sighs> sure how. Yeah, I know that people have done it with the touch. I don't know about the classic. It yeah. pro- probably is possible. I mean Yeah. You know, you there's logs there. It's just, you know, right. they don't have that interface that you can visually see it in right, graph right. form. So This is um, what I talk about. Like when and you know, I've got a, a classic V control and Neo as well, and you fly it and it gives you your max amps. Uh-huh. It's right. basically a useless number that it pops up there because it doesn't tell you was did you sustain that for yeah how long right you no know, right a hundred milliseconds three seconds ten milliseconds like how long was that peak yeah. that does it, you know it doesn't really tell you anything because I mean I can peak the shit out of it but it only lasts you know seven hundred milliseconds so it's not not yeah. a big deal, and it drops right back down. I think the the durate the duration of the the peak of the amp thing is is about as valuable as the actual amount of amps, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you need both numbers. You can't just say peak, right? Because and peak, you need voltage drop too. That when you're too. Looking at that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that's a very good uh, indicator of how good your batteries are. Yeah. I think a lot of different units will, will do this. I know Spirit will, I think. And I'm I'm sure you can get all just like this with the V-Bar Touch. I'm not sure about the Classic. I think you can get it somehow. I'm just not that familiar with it. Yeah, I'll have to. Do some if research. you have the ability to log that, log that EC, ESC data, it's pretty handy. Yeah. When, you know, sorting out your power system. Yep. So, speaking of power systems, I guess it's time to move on to the main topic, right? Yeah. Yes. 
Main topic time. What grinds my gears? Well, talking about gearing. So, uh, so what's the importance of proper gearing? Yes, proper gearing. Yeah, what does that mean? What's proper? Uh, die? We're going to attempt to discover that together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I, I kind of I wrote this up. I'm sure I'll get part of it wrong. So feel free to send me a message and tell me what I got wrong. I'll correct it. Um, but gears. So who needs them? Well, yeah. I was going to say everybody, but turns out you don't. Some things have a direct drive. Your yeah. fireball, your M2, it's a direct mm-hmm. drive, isn't it? That's yes, true. Sir. Um, I've never seen a large heli with a direct drive, probably because you couldn't get a motor to supply to that amount of torque at that low of a speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting into that, the all the gearing does is trade the mechanical advantage one way or the other. In this case, we're trading speed for torque. Yep. And because the power is the, the horsepower is just the torque times the RPM divided by a constant. In this case, 5252. And one horsepower equals around 725 watts. So if you look at your Scorpion or X Nova or whatever motor and say it's capable of putting out 4,000 watts. For example, you divide that by 725, that motor can do roughly 5.5 horsepower. That's just an example. So where did you get the number 5252? I'm not sure where that comes from. That's a constant that's used in the the calculators that I was able to find. Okay. And the one horsepower equals 725 watts. I I think it's around that. Depending on where you look, it could be a tiny bit different one way or the other, depending yeah, on that, how it's calculated. That kind of I makes just pulled, sense. pulled that info from Google. Okay. So when we're talking about gearing, you, it's just, like I said, it's trading that high speed of the motor for more torque that you need to move the load. Okay. With me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have single stage systems on helis. It's where you have a pinion on your motor and one main gear. Very simple, very okay. straightforward. Same thing on your tail. You have the front pulley or gear, and then you have the rear pulley or gear. That's that's a gear. That's gearing there as well. Anytime one gear or pulley is larger or smaller than the other one, you're transferring. Sp- See, in the case of the tail, you are speeding it up, actually. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. trading torque for speed in that case. So from the motor to the main gear, taking lower speed, more torque, and then from the main gear drive to the tail, you're losing torque but gaining speed. Okay. And then you've got okay. two-stage t- systems. And that's just a double reduction. So it goes pinion to the intermediate gear, and then it drops down to a small, smaller size, and then from there to the main gear. So you get two reductions. Yep, goblins. Yeah, goblins, Diablos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably others. 
the advantage of that in my mind is you can use smaller diameter gears or pulleys. Um, I'm going to say gears a lot. Just substitute pulleys if it's a belt drive. Gears and yeah. pulleys are interchangeable in what we're talking about right now, whether it's belt drive or, or direct gear drive. Yeah. Okay. So, are there anything that's more complex than two-stage? In helicopters, it's possible. I'm not aware of them. What would a, a Kraken be? Well, I haven't looked in the gearbox. I assume it's still just a two-stage, is it not? So it goes from your main motor pulley to an intermediate shaft, which then goes into the transmission. So there's one stage right there. The interesting part is not the the second stage, second stage. You have then another gear that drives the main gear in there um, from the intermediate gear. But the tail is different. The tail is actually driven off another gear from the main gear on the other end, right? Like if you were to look at it horizontally, you would have your intermediate shaft going into the transmission to a gear, to the main gear, and then you have another gear that goes to the tail shaft, I guess, or tail part of the transmission, which then sticks out to a pulley, goes to a belt to your tail pulley all at the end. So it's like a weird... It's two-stage, but it seems like it's more complicated because of that tail system. But it's not, is it? It's just because there's a third gear in there. Right, because like no, more traditional, like even in a Goblin two stage, you would have your main gear and your tail pulley is, is tied together. But, okay, I get. I'm trying to look at the manual. I'm downloading the manual. That extra gear in the transmission is that an idler gear or? No, it's a gear that drives the the shaft that the pulley that your tail pulley is now driven from. So it has okay. like it's not like a two stage, like a two and a half stage. Like it's like that extra. One gear that drives the tail so, system separate. Right. So it just drives the tail, though. It has nothing to do with the main shaft, right? It just drives I'm looking the at tail. The manual. Yeah, it drives the tail, but it's correct. It's connected directly to the main shaft. Is there a breakdown of this transmission anywhere? Probably in the last page. Parts breakdown will probably show you. Okay, so your motor pulley goes, and then it drives a small gear. Mm-hmm. Which in turn drives a bigger gear, which turns the main shaft. Okay, so the gear behind it for the tail shaft that has yeah. that af- doesn't affect the the gear ratio of the main no. drive at all. So, no, so but it, it, that's the same difference as that being. Um, well, doesn't does. the normal Goblin tail shaft run off the intermediate gear? No, it runs off the, the tail main pulley. Gear. It does. Yeah. So you have some main... of them. The tail oh, you, drive sorry, was yes, on sorry, the intermediate. Sorry. Inter- sorry. Yes, the intermediate gear. Yes, yeah. has the two okay. pulleys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's still a, a two-stage system. Okay. And the tail is a single stage. Just because the because it's being driven by the main gear. But just that's this. being driven at the gear, though, right? Like, there's a gear ratio between the main gear and this... Um, Call uh, the tail output shaft. Sure, tail output shaft, right? So, and then there's okay. a pulley that connects to that. Is the Okay, so then that's a two-stage. 
Right. So it's two stages. Assuming, assuming the pulley on the front, the front pulley and the rear pulley are different sizes, then yes, that would be a two stage on the tail and a two stage on the main head. Okay. Yep. Or would it be a three stage on the tail? Because you're going from the main pulley, right? So your motor pulley to your main, that main, whatever idler pulley. That's one. Then from, then from the gear that goes into the transmission that actually touches the main gear. Right. But see the main gear is driving the tail. Yeah. But um, what's driving the main gear? Right. But we're not. Two other stages. No. No. So the gear ratio that drives the head is one thing. Mm-hmm. Now set that aside. In the, in the tail instance, it's the, the main gear is acting like the pinion of the motor. So the, the, the gear ratio of, from the main gear to the, the oh, tail okay. drive is a two stage. I see what you mean. Because now, if you're trying, if you're trying to calculate from the motor RPM all the way to the tail, that, yes, right. you have to take each step. But if you know the the head is turning at two thousand, right. then that's the number you would use to calculate the the gear ratio between the head and the tail. Right, because it's a gear ratio between head and tail, not the motor and the tail. Right, right. right. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So two two stages. Okay. Yep. Two two stages. Cool. I'm not sure if there's any that are three stage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything that complex. Yeah, that gets to be a lot of gears. Well, yeah. what about the like the Velos eight eighty? I mean, that one uses two engine uh two motors on it. But I think it uses two yeah, motors but... to drive one main gear though. Right. Ah uh, yeah, that's true. Right. Now I, wonder... I think it's actually uh is it I think it's a single stage, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's like I well, haven't looked at one in a long time. I don't know. Yeah, me, me just because there's two motors that doesn't add a stage. Right, yeah, true. Guess that was my stupid question for the day. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. So, what is the gear ratio? Yeah, it's the ratio between the drive gear or pulley. And the driven gear or pulley. So, for example, a 10 to 1 ratio in a heli means the head turns one-tenth as fast as the motor. Or the motor turns 10 times for every 1 RPM of the of the motor. So, like a 10,000 motor RPM equals 1,000 on the head. So, simple, right? Sure. Yeah. Are you guys with me? Yeah. I hear, uh-huh. I hear a lot of silence over there. No, I'm I'm definitely with you so far. <laughs> yeah, as long as you keep it to ten to one ratio or like easy numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why is it important? Yeah. You ask Steve. Yeah, why is it important? <laughs> <laughs> um well you don't want it too low or too high. And this is a little bit confusing because a low ratio is actually a higher number on the so like a 10 to one is a lower ratio than a five to one. Right. And I know that's a little bit confusing. The bigger the number is the lower the ratio. And when you say lower, you mean that the head is the one is spinning slower. Correct. 
right? So, correct. So if you if you have a ten thousand RPM motor, for example, and you have it ten to one, then the head turns one thousand RPM. If you lower that number and say it's a five to one, well, now the head is turning at. Uh, now I got to do math. Um, so if you go high, the the head would be turning five uh, two thousand RPM. God, I just had a brain fart. So you have the ratio. The head would turn twice as fast. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So you go up in a ratio, and it's slower. Go down, and it's faster. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Ten thousand divided by five is two thousand. See, even I was getting confused. Damn it, Steve! Why are you confusing me? <laughs> you started busting out these other numbers besides ten to one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to explain because I yeah. think this might be a point of confusion. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so too. Gearheads are going to understand it because you're talking about car transmissions and stuff. Yeah, you know the the first gear is a higher number ratio, but that's actually a lower gear, and then you know, right. So if it's too low, think of like trying to drive your car on the highway or the interstate in like second gear. You know, mm-hmm. depending on the engine and all, you're going to get like thirty miles an hour. 40 and that's all it'll go it just won't go any faster the engine will redline and that's all you got mm-hmm. but you got plenty of torque right um yeah and for example if it was too high think of trying to take off up a hill in your car but having it in you know yeah. third gear mm-hmm. it it'll drive fast but you don't have that starting torque yep because like i said before the gear ratio just converts speed for torque and you can go both ways you can get more speed with less torque or you can get more torque with less speed so in a heli uh say you're geared too low you might not be able to reach your target head speed you know your esc could be at 100 percent doing you know that's just as fast as the motor will turn for its kv and your voltage mm-hmm. and it just won't go any higher it might go to your targeted head speed, but say you're at 95% throttle. And as soon as you start applying a load, or in this case, pitch, the, the RPM is going to drop and the ESC, you know, it tops out. So it can't add any more. It can't try to make any more speed out of it. Yep. Yep. There's no overhead. Run out of headroom. Yes, mm-hmm. or overhead. Yep. Some people say it, you're flying, but and it bogs. I wouldn't consider this a bog. I would consider this running out of ESC headroom. Mm-hmm. Like the R- yes, the RPM goes down, but I guess you could call that a bog. But in my mind, that's really not a bog. That's yeah. just running out of you've just run out of room. You can't yeah. add any more throttle to offset the load, and it's just giving it all it can. I it's just picture Scotty bog. saying, I'm giving it all she's got. <laughs> exactly. In my mind, a bog is due to not enough torque to move the load. And that's where you see a bog. Like if you if you're driving in your car and you head up a mountain and you don't yeah. change gear, so you're driving a you know, a manual, yeah. it starts to lose 
speed yeah, and starts to bog hand. because it just can't. It doesn't have enough power to maintain that speed up the incline. Yeah. On the other hand, the ESC is the most efficient at 100%. So, and the motor will run cooler, but the head speed would be inconsistent. Hmm. So, if That's you're flying a small heli and you just give it 100% throttle and mm-hmm. go with that, yes, your head speed will go up and down. But the the ESC is going to be happy and the motor is just going to be doing what it can. Uh, see, the ESCs actually uh, adjust the RPM with a with pulse width modulation, and that's an on and off signal. So the the ESC is turning power to the motor on and off at a rapid rate, and depending on where the throttle is set depends on how long it stays off and how long it stays on. Uh-huh. So at a hundred percent, it's just on all the time. Right. At fifty percent, it's on half the time. Right. And with any electronics, you start turning it on and off. That's where it starts generating heat. Right. Yep. That's heat why they, they run better at 100% or at a high throttle value. Mm-hmm. You remember when you used to turn the light switch on and off when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. And your dad would go, stop turning that light switch on and yeah, off. Yeah, you can blow that filament. That was yeah. you generating heat in your dad's head. <laughs> by, by pulse width modulation. That's, that's nice. <laughs> yep. And if you could do it fast enough, yep, it would it would look like a dim bulb, right? Because you'd be you'd be turning on and off so fast. Well, that's actually what happens at sixty mm-hmm. times a second. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you could turn that switch on and off at sixty hertz, but uh, or whatever. 120 hertz you could make it do all kinds of weird stuff yep i mean that's how your leds dim isn't it not exactly Just on and off yep that's yeah. why you can get uh if you look at them through a like a camera lens or on a video or something you can start to see them flicker because sometimes the the frequency of the led blinking matches up with the frequency of you know whatever else you're videoing yeah. it with you see all kinds of flicker and stuff. Right. You'll see it on seven-segment displays and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if your gear too high, then your motor can't apply as much torque. And that's where you really can get bogging. So if you can't have enough torque to move the load, then you're overloading the system. And it, it the ESC may be 100%. Motor be be putting out the max power that it can provide, but it still may not be enough to offset the load. And that's where your RPM starts to drop. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would consider a true bog. Yes. Now in these helis, sometimes we can put such large motors and power systems in them that you could be over geared and it still may not bog because it has so much more power that it can just power through it. Right. Um, it will be less efficient and possibly run hotter. Um, for example, my XL Power 700 is overgeared for the motor KV I have in it. Mm-hmm. And like I have the smallest pinion available, but I still get my target head speed at like 70% throttle. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Se- 75 maybe. 
So I'm definitely overgeared, but the motor and stuff is big enough that it's not a huge problem. Yes, it's inefficient, but it doesn't really pose that big of an issue. But at the same time, like, so if you're, if you're geared so high, but then you're trying to run a low speed, but still have the high load, the ESC has to operate at a low pulse width modulation value, a low PWM value. And that's just less efficient, causes more heat in the ESC. Some can handle this better than others, you know, and, and like I said before, if it's oversized, it may not be a problem anyway. You know, if you've got a 200 amp ESC on your 700 mm-hmm. and you look at the log and you never go over 150 amps, you're probably, it's not going to matter anyway. Yeah. So how do we determine the correct ratio? Well, uh, if you're running a governor, like most people do, I would say some, if not most governors, like a 15% headspace, and I would say maybe 20 15 to 20%. Yeah. So ideally you want at, let's say in a hover at your target head speed, whatever it is, you want to see a throttle value of between 80 and 85%. And there's a couple, uh, let's see, depending on your governor, like whether you're using a fly barless governor or an ESC governor, like, I use the hobby wing so I can set the, the throttle curve, assuming it's been calibrated and all that stuff. You know, you do the 50% gov calibration at the first mm-hmm. time and all that. I can set it at 85% and spool it up and see where I've got, you know, I do the math beforehand to select the correct pinion, mm-hmm. but that should be pretty close. Now, if you're using the fly barless governor where you say you set this head speed and you set it at, you know, 2000, let's say, right. You want to know, okay, so I'm going to do the math so that I know at 2000, I should expect around 80 to 85% throttle. So you do that, you spool it up, you're sitting there at 2000, you look at your log and it shows it, it takes 93% throttle to hold that hover at the beginning of the flight, you know that you are under geared and you're going right. to peak out the ESC and probably start losing head speed. It, go, it won't govern as well. So if you're under gear, you have to raise the pinion size, right? Or, uh, yes. To, to higher the gear ratio. Right. Okay. We want to go to a higher ratio. Right. Um, I want to run through some math here real quick. Oh, so boy. feel free to ignore me. <laughs> so you want to find the head speed at, uh, let's just say speed. From now on, head speed's going to be speed. You want to find the speed at 100% throttle. Mm-hmm. That equal, that's the motor KV times the volts divided by the gear ratio. Say we have a 520 KV motor. We're on 12 cells, so let's use 44.4 volts. That's the nominal voltage, and I'll address that in just a second. I hear you people yelling at me. Uh-huh. That's two twenty-three thousand and eighty-eight motor RPM. Uh, say our gear ratio is ten, just to make the math easy. That gives us 
2,308 RPM at 100% throttle. Got it. Okay. So we multiply that by 0.85 for our 85% throttle value. Mm-hmm. That gives us an RPM of 1961 at 85% throttle. Okay. Dude, this is the first time I've actually understood this. To be to be yeah. honest, this is the first time I'm looking at it and it makes sense. Only because I have a 520 kV motor and I have run a 12S. Right. And my 690 is was at 1950 RPM for around 85% throttle. Right. So you're probably around a 10 to 1 ratio. You know, and depending on your gear, you know, what's available, because depending right. on the, the teeth and the main gear, it depends on what size pinions you can get and stuff. So uh-huh. it, you may not be able to hit perfect. So you need like 9.1 gear ratio. You know, you may not get that. You may have to go with a nine. You may have to go with a 9.3, you know, whatever. Right. You just kind of, depending Ballpark, with the manufacturer, close. you try to get close. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and the other thing that I never considered because I didn't know what I was talking about or know what I was looking for was my desired head speed. Like, I didn't know. You know, it's just the helicopter flies. I'm good, you know? Right. Yeah. And it depends on the model, too, right? Like, right. You know, you desired head speed on your 690. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump jump ahead to that i've got that in here how do you know what head speed before you go to that though you did mention nominal voltage and i think we should talk about that before we move on yeah because you're comparing everything well i'm not moving on i just wanted okay let's just since we're talking about head speed what head speed do you want to run um i would say just if you don't know say you're new or say this is Okay, I just built a 550. I've never owned a 550. I wasn't sure. I mean, I kind of, I can kind of gut feel for it just because I've flown enough various size helis to say, mm, yeah, I kind of know. Right. It's a 700. I kind of know what I want. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I did is I asked some guys, you know, I asked Kevin, it's like, hey, what head speed are you running? You know, you, if you can ask around to a few people, you know, online, one of the forums, Facebook, whatever, that's a great place to start. Especially if you know somebody that likes, that flies similar to you. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, especially if you're like me and I like slow, I like low head speed, slow, smooth 3d, the head speed that, you know, Tarek uses, that's (laughs) not going to, that's not going to be useful to me. No. Or even Kyle (laughs) Stacy or somebody that's, that's flying a different, style you know a smack hard type stuff and that goes both ways say um for example steve is wanting to fly hard and smack on this setup he's not going to want to use this head speed i'm using you know for example he may want 2200 on a 700 where i may want 1900 Mm -hmm. so ask around is probably the best way to kind of figure out where you need to be okay and a lot of manuals will kind of give a range. Yeah, I was going to say, what can't? What if you can't ask around because you're a hermit crab and you don't use the internet or are not on Facebook or Heli Freak? Where else can you look? Well, um, I don't even think we have to issue uh, address that because if you're a hermit crab and don't use the internet, chances are you don't listen to podcasts. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. Look at look in the manual. A lot of manuals will give different examples, power, right? examples for, for power setups. 
I find them not always. Eh, sometimes they're either way high or way low for <laughs> for what you're looking for. That's but, because they're based on a on a pilot's setup. Some of them will have you know sport 3D, hardcore 3D. You know they'll yeah. give you a couple options. Look at those and say, okay, I I kind of like lower stuff, so I'm gonna hit you know lean toward the sport setting for example even though i'm flying 3d you know that'll get me close and then you can fly it and say oh this sucks and i hate it well okay you may have to order another opinion yeah let me ask you talking about manuals when you look in a goblin manual Mm -hmm. they give you different head speeds with gearing with different electronic setups motor and ESE combos Mm-hmm. Are there that much differences between motor and ESC? I mean, obviously KV, but like ESC, let's just say, right? Like, is there that much difference between a hobby wing and a YGE? I don't know, but I can't imagine there would be yeah, much difference at all, to be honest. Yeah, right? Like, I could understand some some might be a little bit more efficient than others, which means that, you know, and at 85, you might get higher head speeds and on less efficient Set up I can't be. It would be. I can't imagine it would be a huge right range though. I'm looking no. at this cracking manual. Let's see where was that. Um, and that's like one or two teeth. One, you know, one could, plus or minus, right? Uh, okay, that's different. KV motors. The ESCs. The way I'm reading it, like I'm looking at the cracking manual. It has an X Nova forty five twenty five five thirty KV, and they're saying with a pinion twenty one tooth. Well, shit, they're yeah, they're all shooting for around twenty one to twenty two hundred mm-hmm. RPM. So with a five thirty KV, they're saying twenty one to twenty two tooth. With a five sixty, a twenty tooth twenty one, and a five twenty Scorpion twenty two to twenty three. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually weird. Because right. they're saying a 22 to 23 tooth for a Scorpion 520, but an X Nova 520 KV, where an X Nova 530 KV, they're recommending 21 to 22. I'm not sure exactly what they're saying there. Yeah, so it's like you take this motor, depending on which ESC you're going to pick, it's going to tell you which pinion you need. But the ESCs seems like just they don't really correspond with anything. It looks like they're just all these would work. Oh, I see what you mean. It seems like the pinions are matched up with the motor, but not necessarily the ESC. Which makes sense because the KV is different. Yeah, the KV is different. What I would do is ignore all of that and look right <laughs> above it where it tells you the yeah. gear ratio for each mm-hmm. pinion tooth. Like an 18 tooth gives you a 12.1 to 1, all the way up to a 25 tooth gives you an 8.7 to 1. Yeah. I would and, use that and use my motor KV and mm-hmm. either do the math or use a calculator, and that'll yep. get you very, very close. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll address the nominal voltage in just a second. Uh, let's see. Where were we? We did the example with using something like a hobby wing where we, we, we want to know the RPM at, or we we want to know what kind of RPM we'll get at, say, 85% throttle, 80%, whatever. Once you figure out the throttle at 
in your setup, then you can multiply that by whatever percentage you want. So 85% would be 0.85, 70% would be 0.70. And a lot of times when I'm a new heli that I'm building or something, I'll get that 100% number with the motor that I'm going to use or or thinking about using. I'll do this for. And I'll sit there and I'll just write them all down. You know, at 60, it's going to be this. At 70, it's going to be that. At 75, 80, 85. And I'm like, okay, well, these are all a little bit too high. Maybe I need a motor that's a lower KV. So that's how that's useful. So say you want to know uh, if you're using a fly barless gov and you need to know the throttle that you already know the RPM. So I'm, I want to be... I set my governor at 1900 RPM, for example. Okay. And it's the same setup, the 520 motor, 520 KV motor and everything. In that case, we divide the RPM that the governor set at by the RPM at 100% throttle. And that gives us 0.82, which would be 82%. So if we set the fly barless gov at 1900 Divide that by the 2308 that we know that is 100%. That gives us 82% throttle. Which is still good. good to yeah, that's in. perfect. Perfect. So we know all that info. Now we want to figure out, okay, so what gear ratio do we need? What are we looking for? Same setup. We have a 530 kV motor, 12S setup. We want 2200 head speed that's going to be our idle three our what we're looking for we take the 2250 we divide it by the 85 percent that gives us 2647 rpm at 100 percent so that's what we're looking for we know our motor puts out 23,532 rpm because we take the 530 kv multiply it by the 44.4 Yes, I'm getting to the nominal voltage in just a second. Right, and we should say that this is a 530 now. The last example was right. 520. A 520, I bumped it up to 530 just to give us a different example. Uh, it's 23,532 motor RPM. We take 23,532, which is our motor RPM. We divide that by our 100% RPM, not ne- that's not necessarily what we want to fly, but that's what the motor will put out at a hundred percent. Okay, because we know we have to find the one hundred percent value first. Right, that gives us eight point eight nine. So in that example, we are going to be looking for a gear ratio around that eight point eight eight point nine, and that's going to put us in the ballpark range. Now, how do you know that? Because you. You you only you only calculated the hundred percent though. You're saying oh because to to eight, find the gear ratio we we have to know we have to go on that one hundred percent. So we know that so to get twenty two hundred and to still have fifteen percent headspace above that, we have to gear so that when the motor's running wide open, uh, it puts out enough. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, in these examples, 
we haven't accounted for inefficiencies in the power system and the voltage also drops throughout the flight. I, and this is just my personal way of doing it. You can do it a different way. And some of the calculators will address this. I use the battery's nominal voltage because I find that's a pretty good average. And by that, I mean, when you take that 12 cell setup and you take off, you're going to be at like, assuming it's fully charged, you're going to be like 50 volts. Mm-hmm. Well, very, very, very quickly, that battery is going to drop down to something, depending on the C rating of the battery and how good it is and everything. Toward the end of that flight, you're going to be dropped even much below that. And I find the nominal voltage is a pretty damn good average. It'll be, so if, if I set this up and I'm shooting for 85%, to get that RPM at the beginning of the flight, the throttle may only be putting out, you know, 79%, 82%, right? Right. At the end of the flight, the throttle may be putting out 87, 88, 89, 90% because Mm -hmm. it's going to be putting more throttle out as the voltage drops to keep maintain that set head speed. So I use the math like I've just told you in this example using the battery's nominal voltage and I find that gets me close enough in the ballpark that when I spool up and I have the okay so say I have it my throttle set at 85% it might be a little more than I'm looking for so I might drop it down to 82% for example and that gets me perfectly where I the head speed I want I leave it set there. The the and then the governor, whatever it says, you know, assuming that my telemetry says I'm at two thousand at eighty two percent, whatever. The governor will then from there on work to maintain whatever that's set at. If it says two thousand, it's gonna main try to maintain that two thousand, even if it has to go up all the way up to a hundred percent because the load's heavy or if it may drop all the way down to damn near nothing mm-hmm. over speed yeah and over speed and you have the examples in the two data logs that you posted that your average voltage for the 6s i know right was was 20, so 22 yeah here okay I mean. so here's a good here's a good example in uh an average flight so i took off before I ever even spooled up, after the heli is powered on, I have a battery voltage of 24.89, right? Within, from spooling up within, say, three or four seconds, that's dropped down to 24.15. I did a bunch of just average sloppy TikToks and then back into kind of a hover type state, we're down to 22.8. You keep flying on, keep flying on. Toward the very end of my flight, we're down to like 20.9, 20.8 under load. And this one wasn't really good because I didn't do a hover at the end. Well, yeah, a little bit here. In the hover at the end of the flight, I'm at like 21.6. And then after I hit throttle hold and land, it very quickly 
jumps back up to 22.2. So there we're right on that nominal voltage. So when I started, I was a good bit above it. As soon as I start flying, it very quickly drops down into the 22, goes from 24.9 down to like 22.8.9. And normal flying, if you look at this average flight log and look at the green line, Kevin, you see it starts up, it drops down through the TikToks, it kind of stabilizes through this normal flight range, and it's around, you know, 20. 2.5, 22.6, and so on. But then as the flight goes on, it gradually drops down, down, down to where at the end of the flight, when I'm doing TikToks as well, we're down in the 20.8, 20.5, yeah. you know, range like that. Which is interesting because if you do 20.8 divided by 6, you're, you're dipping your batteries to 3.4 volts per cell. Yep, Absolutely. You know, and what's the what's the part that you don't want to go under? You don't want to go under like I'd 3. say three point two, three point three. Yeah. You now, okay. Here again, you don't want a battery at say a resting voltage to be below like uh -huh. three point seven, three point yeah, three point six, six is calling it. Yeah, three point six is almost too low. Yeah, under load, it's going to be less than that. When you right. unplug it and say you give it 30 seconds and then check it, uh -huh. it really should be like 3.7, 3.72, somewhere around that range. Yeah. It's okay to draw it below that under the load as long as it, it pops right back up. Like in my example, I'm down at, uh, let's see, the lowest, I, let me see, zoom in here a little bit. I'm actually looking at it on here so I can tell better. You know, I'm dipping down in the 20.5 range, which is what? 3.41. Yeah, the yeah. minimum on those are under 19. Yeah. And then, but as soon as I shut the motor off, I drop back up to 22.2. Mm-hmm. So it's just battery sag. It's just battery sag. Yep. Voltage sag under load. Voltage sag, yep. You know, these are... You know, they're average packs, they're 60C, Gen's A's, you know, they're okay. Mm -hmm. If you've got a really good graphene pack, it's not going to drop as much. If you've got an yeah. old shitty pack, it's going to drop more. I mean, that's the way batteries are. Mm -hmm. That doesn't concern me, dropping down there. I don't want to see it dropping down under like 3.3, 3.2 for any length of time. You know, if it's a half a second in a, in a peak, you know, that's probably okay. If you see it several seconds dips way down like that, that's definitely damaging your pack. And it's uh, it's good to see that, you know, even though that's a six S, like I was saying, you know, if you times that number by two, twenty two point five, you know, as an average, that works out to forty five volts in your example and your math that you mm -hmm. were explaining earlier. You know that, so that works out. I Pretty good. Yeah, and some some would probably argue with this. I've found this to be definitely good enough to pick opinion and get you in the ballpark. It it may not be exactly, you know, depending on everything, depending on your ESC, depending on how efficient your motor is, depending on how good your battery is. You may try to size it to get say twenty two hundred. And you may be closer to 2300 with a new pack, you know, at the beginning of the flight. 
So you just you just drop the the throttle down a couple points and then you're good to go. You know, it you're looking for a range. You don't right. have to set your throttle at eighty five percent and that's it. It's okay to go to eighty eight, eighty nine. It you know, it's even better to go down to 82, 80, 78, 70. You know, that's okay. And it I would depends, say, doesn't it depend on the way you fly and how much headroom you're going to need between that yeah, percentage and 100? Yeah. A lot of helis, I will pick the, the highest head speed. Like in the case of this Oxy 5, it's like 2250 or, well, and it's 2280 ish on this one. Uh, and so I will kind of gear everything toward that, but I'll fly lower than that 90% of the time. And I may only be at 75% throttle and that's fine. Yeah. You know, no problem with that. I, you can even go down as low as like 65% or even 60, depending on your setup. But anything in my opinion, much below 65, you're starting to get a little bit, um, overgeared you know you're starting to get down into that range where you're if your esc is just marginally sized you know it could start getting hot it's like starting out in third gear again yeah but you also gotta remember as you drop the the head speed in general the load also drops with it right so it's not a linear scale so well, I, I think uh, the examples you gave are a great way to start, like me, not knowing, like been flying for a couple of years, but don't know, you know, why this all works out to how it works out and what I'm looking for. Right. I, think, I think when you get past that and, you know, you're into the, you know, you're saying some guys won't agree with the 44.4 voltage. I think when you're looking for that extra room and you're needing that higher head speed, then you'll know how to calculate for it. You'll right. know what you're looking for. Well, and, and see also I, one reason for using the nominal voltage is that's the, that's the low end of the pack. Right. You're playing it safe. If, yeah. if, if we, if we used all this math and we used the voltage of, a, of a, say a full pack, then we're going to be, and, and we try to get 2000% and we set for 85 so we say 85% throttle gives us a target head speed of 2,000% with a full pack. Well, 20 seconds into the flight, now you've got your voltages dropped down damn near to the nominal. Right. So in that case, your throttle is going to be up there at 90-some percent, and you've all of a sudden lost all that headroom that you could have if you geared just a you know one notch the other way. So I find the nominal voltage a pretty damn good average to get us close enough for this. And if you want to know exactly, like I use the, the internal ESC governor, I'll set, you know, a, a 70, a 75 and an 80 or whatever throttle curve. And I'll look at the telemetry or I'll fly it. And it's like, eh, that's a little too low. Bump that one up like you, a few. Oh, that one's a little too high. Bump it down a couple, you know, and I'll go from there. Uh, same same thing can go with your fly barless, you know, so you set it for whatever. I guess it would, if you didn't have any kind of logging, I guess it would be a little more difficult to know what the th- ESC is outputting. So, mm, 
I'm thinking about it. That might be a little tougher to figure out. Well, that's what one of my questions. One of my questions is going to be, yeah, like a guy like me with a V bar classic where it's, are you, are you using V bar gov or ESC gov? The V bar gov. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I don't know what you, I get. You other don't than have a, yeah. You, so you don't lines. really have any way to know what your ESC is outputting at any given time. No. Hmm. Unless I pull a log off the ESC. Right. So I would still just, uh, do the math for this, maybe shoot for 80% throttle. That's going to give you a little room either way so that you should be fine. Yeah. I'm going to actually double check this probably this weekend. Just to so do, do the math and any, see what it comes out. If with. any of our listeners are still awake and haven't <laughs> driven off a cliff yet, I would say use a head speed calculator. If your eyes glazed over when I started shouting out numbers and you wanted to stab pencils in your ears, there's many head speed calculators. The Urcha app has a really good one, the RC Heli Toolbox. Uh, It's a little weird, though, um, because it kind of gives you a range, like from the battery full to the battery empty. It doesn't really let you pick the voltage you want it to calculate at but there's many out there just look around and see and if you don't want to do that just ask your buddy what he's using that's you know that works too you don't have to get marred down in all this math unless you're like me and you just like to be nerdy about things which is exactly what i did you know motor and esc wise more motor wise before i bought the oxy fiber while i was right yeah you can always ask somebody ask a somebody on the hangout or a forum or something you know take a poll like what what's everybody using what motor and stuff you'll get a very big range because you know some may be wanting a high head speed some may be wanting a low head speed and all that kind of stuff. So, you, but you could kind of sort of get a pretty good handle on it. That uh, arithmetic that you posted uh, or was talking about during the show, I looked at the Oxy Five manual, and that's the formula is actually in the manual. Oh, nice! That you posted, and you know, along with here's some motor recommendations and yeah, some examples, different setups. Right, and what I was saying earlier was, uh, you know, the the examples given uh, the head speed is like 2,400 to 2,450 to 2,550. And it's like, right. I'm not even close to that. But that right. is, that's one of their pilots. You know, that's right. Mark Allsbagger's right. setup. Uh huh. And it says, yeah, see, it even says his level's advanced. He's got a Contronic in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of got, I mean, you sort of need to know what your. If I, I say, so I'll put it like this. Say you're, you got a new size. Say you're getting a 700. You've never had a 700, but right. say you're flying a 500, you know, what take your favorite head speed with that 500 and then compare it to some other folks. Are you right in the middle? Are you on the high end or the low end? That'll give you a pretty good idea when you change sizes. Okay. You know, I fly my 500 and I like it at, 2800 okay that's probably the high end 500 
So when you right. get a 700, you want to be on the high end of that. So I'm going to shoot for, you know, 22, 2150, somewhere around in there. But you, I, I guess my point is asking around other people and getting their, their setups and stuff is, uh, will provide you with some sort of benchmarks to kind of figure out where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're, you know, if you can buddy box with them or if you feel comfortable flying somebody else's heli and they'll let you try it out, you'll know. Uh, yeah. If, if that feels good to you, you know. Yeah, sure. That setup you could go with. Yep. Definitely. Um, if the manual doesn't tell you the ratios, for example, or you're, if you're like Kevin, you throw the manual out the window the very first time. Yep. <laughs> then you can count the teeth and do the math yourself. The main gear divided by the pinion will give you a gear ratio. Now, if it's a two-stage, you have to do it twice, and then you multiply those together. Ah. So if you have a, if, say you have, um, I, I'm, I don't know, say you have a two-stage, and you figure out from the pinion to the intermediate shaft is a five-to-one ratio, right? And then you go from the intermediate shaft to the main gear, and you decide that's a two-to-one. You just simply multiply those together. You got ten-to-one. It's that simple. Okay. Yeah, I, I asked Andy leading up to this episode, uh, is there an easy way to count the teeth? Because I threw the manual out. <laughs> First thing I do is throw it in the trash or right out the window. And Andy was like, well, you can get it online now. I was like, yeah, that's what I mean. I threw my computer out the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think you're like, oh, shit, that's right. I guess I got to throw the whole computer out now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one tip for that is if you got a big, a main gear or well, any gear and you're trying to count them and you start going cross-eyed and your vision gets all blurry and you go insane, take a marker like a Sharpie, or if it's a black plastic gear, you can use a silver Sharpie, count 10 marks, 10 teeth, and then put a mark, count 10 teeth, put a mark, do that all the way around. Now all you got to do is count the marks and then add whatever was left over. So you have 10 marks, that's 100 T's, but then you had five more to the next mark. So that's 105. That makes it real easy and simple to count without going insane. Nice. If you're like me, you'll count to like halfway around and you'll lose your count, lose your yeah. place. Or, did I count that or not? Ah, oh, fuck. I got to start over. Yep. Somebody walks <laughs> in. Can you get the chicken out of the freezer? Damn it, woman. Yeah, exactly. And I got to start counting again. So count ten, but make a mark. And if you can't count to ten, you know, <laughs> look at your fingers. Oh uh, shit! But if you don't uh, have ten fingers. Take off a shoe. Is isn't? Don't go any further than that. Isn't the? Uh, I don't know. Do they still like print the number on the main gear, or the main gear really doesn't change that much? Does Some, it? well. <laughs> Is it a line? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm th I, <laughs> thinking of the old line days. Change yeah. like 20 times. Uh, some do, some don't. I mean, XL Power has two different main gears and two different sets of pinions for the different main gears to get different ratios. Um, so different ones are different. Some print the, the tooth count on the pinion, like with a laser. Some don't. You just got to count them. Yeah. Some will print it on it, but they'll put it on the side that's against the motor. So you're like, well, uh, 
Look, I can't see it, so you got to count it anyway. A lot of times it will be the tooth count will usually be in the manual. But, you know, if you're working on an old something like an Align and you don't really know which version it is, it's right. safest just to count the teeth, to be honest. Yeah, I've definitely done that. Yeah. All right, I think we've covered electrics pretty good. So, fuel helis. Everything we just talked about applies, except instead of looking for a specific throttle value or an ESC headroom, you want to know what the peak power band or the the RPM at which the peak power of your engine occurs at. And then I gear to get my head speed a little bit above that. Um, I go, and I would say most would agree, you go above the power band. So as, once you apply the load and it starts to pull down, it's actually pulling into more power. Because like a, a fuel engine, the power, if you've ever looked at a graph, the power goes up and up and up. And then it, it kind of peaks and then it starts dropping back down. So if you set your head speed where your engine is running a little bit above that power uh, peak, as it comes down, it actually gets more power as the RPM drops. It, it, it goes into the power band, so to speak. Okay. But all the other math applies. Um, in my experience, most fuel helis have very limited, if any, options for pinions or gear ratios. Some do, some don't. If it doesn't, then I'm going to set my RPM at that point. You know, maybe I don't want to fly whatever, 2,000 on my nitro. But if that's where it gets me to peak power, then that's I'm going to kind of go for that. I might have a, another one that's, you know, less for tooling around. But if you really want peak power, you got to get the power band of the engine. There's no way around it. Right. All right. All right. Did I put everybody to sleep? No, dude. What? This has been a really good episode because I, I, I think Steve hung up and went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm still here. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a good episode for me. If we didn't, if we had done this episode like a year or two years ago, I'd probably be lost. But it, you're making more sense now that I know more about what head speed I should be at and. Determining the head speed, if you don't, you know, if you're kind of new and you don't have a lot of helis, that can kind of seem like a challenge. And again, that's why I say, you know, ask around if you can, put a post up on Facebook. People will tell you. Yeah. And then you got, you know, sift through the signal to noise ratio, but you can get an idea. Yep. If 10 people answer you and, Seven of them say this, and three of them say something crazy. Then just go with the majority. That's advice for everything online, I think. Oh. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy! All right, any questions? No, not really. I think the only I thing I can there. think of, I think mm -hmm. the only thing I can think of is like, uh, what if you have more than just two blades? When it comes to RPM. Finding your RPM. Um, I mean, that, that becomes a disloading thing, right? Like, you're getting different disloading. 
Well, no, the disc loading's the same. You don't um, get more lift from having an extra blade. Yeah, but you're the well. The disc loading is the the weight per square feet of yeah. of disc. Um, y- you might get more lift though. And then what well, about more load? But you're as you load definitely get more load. Right. You definitely get more load. Uh, that I would check the manual if you can. Yeah. Again, I mean, asking around. Yeah. Um. I could be wrong, but don't most run a little bit lower head speed on three blade heads versus run, a two blade? Usually they run a little bit lower and they, they usually are smaller blades too. Yeah. That so that is. helps mitigate the extra load. Right. And a little bit slower speed also drops the load a little bit because you it, see, I'm not familiar with three blade heads. If we're, say we're talking 3D, mm-hmm. it's my understanding that three blade heads a lower head speed will still give you as much or maybe even more cyclic response and pop so to speak yeah because you have i guess it's that whole um you have more cyclic authority you have more cyclic authority because you have an extra blade giving that input Mm -hmm. a third of the time instead of every half revolution right Mm -hmm. so okay Cool. All right. Uh, you guys have any other questions or any things you want to point out? Hi. I don't have anything. Oh, your brain mush out? covered it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lots of soak in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, for our listeners, though, if you have any questions, you want to say, Andy, you're totally wrong, or you know what? You've helped me so much to understand gear ratios for my helicopters. I can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. Write us, write to us. Um, write us. Yeah, comment in the Facebook post if you don't have Facebook, and you're like the one or two people that don't have Facebook. You can go and email us. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. You may say, Andy, if I have to hear your voice one more minute, I'm gonna jump off a bridge. That's okay too. I'll shut up. You can email that to me, Kevin at Freefall, <laughs> and I will offer my empathy <laughs> for that. And I will tell yeah, you through it. I hope it makes sense. I'm sometimes not the best at explaining things, but oh, dude, hopefully, hopefully it's really clear good. as mud. Clear as mud. <laughs> yes, it's clear as mud. <laughs> All right, let's move it on. Do we have a planker segment? I am checking the folder as we speak, and I don't see one. Yeah. There hasn't been uh, one in 2021. Yeah. What? What? He... He starts to drink. No planker episode. He now can walk without a limp, and now it's fucking no planker. Episode. What the hell? What the hell, Mike? I'm glad that you don't walk with a limp anymore. But what the hell? We need our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to go take you know do a Nancy Kerrigan on him. Ooh. And hide the keys to the liquor cabinet. Oh, I think you're gonna uh. limp again. <laughs> so yeah, Nancy Kerrigan, make him limp. And, uh, hide the keys. We might get a Panther episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, news and announcements. Yes. News and announcements. All right. Finally. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do we got? Kind of a slow week, but I did see that Tarrant Haley has closed up shop. Really? Huh. Yeah. 
Um, official declaration, we will not be working after January 28th. The exact time of return cannot be determined. We sincerely thank you for your love for our products all the time. If we come back one day, we hope we can enjoy this happiness with you again. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, if you remember, they made that like mono frame plastic 600. Uh-huh. They've also made accessories like heads and stuff for various helis. Yeah. Um, maybe blades. I can't remember if they had blades. I remember have, having stuff back so. in the day. Tear yeah. like heads it, and whatnot. It was pretty much a 450 clone, right? A yeah. 450 clone mm-hmm. company, but it was the the premier 450 clone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if there was yeah. one, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And you know the the love and admiration for this brand just poured out on Facebook with such comments as "Thank God." Uh, <laughs> before I bought my Oxy, I strong my Oxy. I strongly considered getting one of these. So glad I didn't now. And one guy said, "That's very raw." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always thought this was kind of interesting. You know, I'm I'm sad to see any. Yeah, oh, some good know. posts out there, man. There's a guy that says not every kid can avoid a brand name Helly Tarek exactly. Hobby four years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, it's good, and it. I mean, you can decide for yourself whether it's butt ass ugly or not. But this mono fr- mono plastic frame Helly is is pretty damn neat and kind of innovative. It's definitely, and, definitely, yes. You know, so you got to give them a little credit for trying something new. Yeah, and not everything works out, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you know, was, can lead to other things. And I think also it's nice that like, you know, this company was I mean, sure they might have done some cloning and stuff, but to me they're very much like links, right? Like they made upgrades, they made different right. mm-hmm. and then they developed their own helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. And brought it out. And you know, um no matter what you think about their business practice and stuff with the cloning it still sucks to see another company that you know was around yeah, for yep. going away. So, yeah, and it seems pretty ambiguous. Like I don't think they're coming back. They're. It looks like they don't even think they're coming back. You know. Yeah. So. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. What else we got? What we got, Kevin? Oh, uh, you watch this. Tells us. Uh, yeah, I, I posted it because uh, I know Andy loves to watch videos. <laughs> but it's I just, actually, yeah, I like videos. Just you know, I don't want to be that the only way I can get some info. Right, and this is uh the Nexa P40. I just was I I've been following Motion RC's video uh, series on the unboxing and the building and now the flying of this P40. Uh, it's a 61-inch balsa kit. Nice. So but it's like I, an ARF kit from yeah. Motion? Nice. That I talked about once. I think that it comes with the retracts, but you need you know the motor, obviously, and the ESC and all that stuff. Which everything else, yeah. Cool. But, yeah, I remember years ago saying almost ready to fly. Well, isn't my desk almost ready to fly? I just got to add a motor <laughs> to it. you know. And, yeah, motor wings and you know, a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I, I like the... I like the fact that you know they're doing some warbirds. I like I like the warbirds, and I like the P forty. Like I said, they got a 
couple of different ones. There were like nine different planes I think they came out with in this size. Kind of gives you a step up from, you know, the, the foamy stuff. Yeah. To something else. It's pretty reasonable pl- price. It's not too crazy. I mean, I've definitely seen, you know, the foam jets go for five ninety nine and some of the larger foam stuff. Like the uh carbon Z and stuff. This isn't even that much. I think these were in the at three fifty for I think the R something like that. Right. Right. Well, looks like it's a nice flying plane. That's cool. Yeah. So what else we got? Oh, more planes. Oh, boy. See what happens when it's a slow week? I start digging around. <laughs> and these are looks like uh nine more planes at Motion R C that are you know, from like under a hundred to like two something. And they're all there nine of them on this nine? page. Yeah. Nice. And there looks like most of them are FPV wings. Um, I guess they're trying to get rid of all of them before the whole clamp down comes on, mm. on all this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But uh, some <laughs> of them look like, um, like some flight test stuff, like the uh, uh-huh. the Versa wing. And uh, I think they did another wing uh, configuration. I forget what they called. They called that the Goblin, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. These are like bigger. It's like thirty nine inches. Yeah, these are some of them are pretty big. Yeah, the the Sky Hunter is like eighteen hundred millimeter, seventy yeah. inches. That's pretty. That's, that's huge, man. That's and really for, big. Yeah. For one hundred and eighty nine, dude, you could put a ton of stuff on that thing. Fly it around FPV. Oh yeah. That's what I liked about that original one that they had. Uh, uh, Hobby King had it years ago. The one, EPO one, F something EPO. One might say you could hunt from the sky. You could hunt from the sky <laughs> with the Sky Hunter. Nice. Motion RC. Check them out. Yeah. Coming uh-huh. soon section. Yep. Nice. All right. We have anything else? No, not unless you guys got some news and or announcements. What you got, Ian? Give us some news. Um, I don't have anything. Oh, man. I'm going to be uh, like... I'm going to be like Judge Judy and be like, um is not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got nothing. Ugh. Nope. All right. Let's move it on then. What's next for you in the hobby? What's next for you, Steve? Uh, I want to I wanna fly. I want to fly the black nitro and fly the 580 nitro. Make sure that everything flies good. Oh, I got to I gotta work on that um, that Blade 450X for the chill out. Oh. Um. Yeah, I got to get that bird flying and all set up and ready to go um, for combat. Now, I know so, I ask this every week, but when is the chill out? February 19th to 21st. Okay. Yeah, you better make it, man. I think you're the only one from Free Fall that's not going to be there. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Still not sure. Can I fly the Oxy-5 in the combat? Sure. Not if I'm there, you're not. But but you know the combat's at night, right? And you can't fly that high. How dare you! Oh, jeez! He likes to kick <laughs> me. He knows right. He knows my soft spot. He knows right where you live. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just I know exactly where you like to be. <laughs> where you like to sit? Yeah, a thousand feet in the air. That's where I like to be. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. Four hundred. We don't ever go above four hundred. Yeah, I was just gross exaggerating. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's really 2000. I know. Shh. shh. Um, <laughs> b- 
besides that, I don't know. Is there anything else? No. I actually been working on a Miata more recently, so yeah, I might start talking about that again. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> I, can't I know, right? I know, I know. <laughs> no, I'm kind of interested in what you've done to that thing. Yeah, yeah. Not much, but I want a full update next week. All right, full update from the last update, which I don't remember, so it'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> start at the beginning. Yeah. So I had this dream one day about getting a Miata <laughs> and do the drift car setup out of it. <laughs> I started looking up on Autotrader.com, but <laughs> no. Couldn't find anything until I went to uh, autotempest.com and I found it on Craigslist. Nice. <laughs> Let's do a super commercial for it. Um, no, but yeah, maybe I'll, I'll talk about that. It depends. If I do flying, I'm going to talk about flying. But yeah. if I end up doing nothing next week, oh, hell yeah. Miata, Mr. Miata's back. <laughs> nice. <Ooh>. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember any of those old lines? Oh. Fucked in the head you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. All right. Uh, who's next? Kevin? Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be more soldering and stuff. I'm probably not leaving the garage this weekend because this weekend we're supposed to get. Uh, actually, it's supposed to be sunny on Saturday, but it's only going to be 23 degrees, uh, a low of six degrees. Mm. And, What's uh, the wind? If there's no wind, you be you're probably fine. It says fifteen mile an hour. Nope, nope, mm. you're screwed. You know nope. what sucks about that? <laughs> it's like I gotta wear goggles, safety goggles, when I fly because I the know, wind the eyes. gets in uh-huh. your eyes and you start tearing up. Yeah, uh, especially when it's cold like that. When That's it's why cold I say like if, that, if, yeah. if it's just cold outside and no wind, you can. It's fine. You can I'm do tear- it. I'm tearing up right now just hearing about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, and then Sunday it's supposed to sh- it's supposed to snow, and then Monday it's supposed to snow, and then Tuesday we're supposed to get snow showers. So it's going to be a uh, one of those type of weekends. If I hear you say snow showers one more time. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> nice, nice. But uh, we'll call- <laughs> no, I've been I've been enjoying messing around with this. Uh, R2 project. It's coming out. It's really cool. I, I I enjoy just getting my brain engaged on, like, I have a problem. I have to figure out how to engineer something to fix it. And then it's like it's like a little, you know, whatever, four or five hour window of accomplishment. And then, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I achieved something. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll probably mess around with, with that a little bit. The the guy the guy has a pretty cool engineered way of having the little claw come out and open and close. But I think I'm going to try ripping out or finding some of those really tiny servos, those linear servos. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna three D print something or you know, around that to have the claw work. Uh just mess around with that a little different stuff like that, man. He's he's pretty close to being done, you know. Um. Then the crazy stuff really be, starts to begin. Like, if I see another panel and I'm like, "Oh, what can I have pop out from that?" <laughs> you know, just stupid yeah. shit like that. I can I can mess with, and uh, my nephews are gonna go nuts when they see this thing. But that's it, man. What are you gonna be doing, Andy? Try to do some more flying. Nice. I didn't talk about it because I forgot in what we did last week. But I ordered a desk. It's kind of hobby podcast related. 
because I'll be using oh, nice. the desk to build helis and wrench on them and to do the podcast. So I'm going to be picking that up Thursday, I believe. We're going to get that all set up, ordered a new monitor and a whole bunch of crap. Awesome. Got a new, yeah. Nice. Kind of, uh, changed some stuff around. I've been setting that folding table, two folding tables <laughs> in an L configuration for like eight months now. So it's time to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time to get something permanent. I remember you talking about that. I was just going to bring that up. I was going to say, yeah. is Tima finally saying, you know, you need to get these folding tables out of the living room. No, I'm saying, God damn, these folding tables suck. <laughs> they that's, more, that's more what happened. <laughs> yeah, they're like never super stable and they kind of wobble. No, no they're yeah. shitty. Yeah. But and, I found a big desk. It's re- kind of bigger than I, my space. So I'm going to get a smaller couch. Yeah, the one thing leads to the other. It's um, yeah, I love it's, it. I need a bigger desk for my podcast yeah. and <laughs> at least smaller stuff. couch. So, you guys so ever heard if you, couch. Yeah, yeah, you guys ever heard if you give a mouse a cookie? That's kind of what I got going on over here. <laughs> but um, what? Yeah, so that you give what? a mouse a cookie. Well, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. If you give him a glass of milk, he's going to want a napkin to wipe it off with. If you oh give him a napkin, it, you know, it goes on and on. It's a children's book. Does it end with free health care? Like, is no. that what it ends with? Oh. No, it ends with the mouse wanting another cookie. Oh. If I give a mouse a cookie, I get mouse poop. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> mouse droppings, huh? Yes. Oh, boy. Clearly, Kevin didn't read to his kids when they were young. No. I didn't read that book either. He's like, read a book, get outside and shovel the driveway. <laughs> yeah, go to work. <laughs> I got a story for you. There was a shovel. It was lonely. The end. <laughs> uh, so doing that kind of stuff, getting my podcast stuff set up better, my computer and all that, and do more flying. Nice. That's it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, my stuff from Shannon will get here. I need those blades and the battery. Bring my stuff, USPS. Bunch of bastards. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, bring my stuff. I know you guys work hard, doing the best you can. Oh, my God, dude. I I could tell you stories about the year I spent working in all the post offices in North Jersey and how lunatic these people were. No, no, I'm, I'm being nice, so they'll bring it quicker. They they do a great work, and they try really hard. So, you know, let's give them props. Bring my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Everybody go. Who's next? Ian. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ian. More than likely, I'll be on the simulator, um, you know, Sim Night on Discord. Um having a lot of fun with that. And, uh, I feel that I'm brushing up on a few skills that I needed to brush up on. I noticed I was, uh, I worked on a little bit of nose in and then of course, you know, just still tinkering with the, the half pyros. Uh, the nose in seems to be really improving. So I'm going to be working on those two. And of course, shoot the, shoot the shit with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, Satender yeah. was giving you a little help with the pure hose. I, I, 
Yeah, and he pointed out something because I, when you're on the simulator, I, I, you're trying to, you know, learn like a new trick and everything. You're not always going to be able to, you know, you're looking at the aircraft and not the sticks on on the simulator that everybody can view and see what your what your uh, stick movements are. Mm-hmm. So he was able to, you know, shoot me a couple pointers, you know, especially with the rudder. So it's like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, been nice. working on that. Andy did the um, same thing for me with the inverted autos, man. With flattening yeah. it out and uh, popping it around. That's another thing I need to work on is autos because I mean I I've been lucky so far. Like I've only had two forced autos in the the entire time I've been in the hobby, and they were ugly, but I landed them in one piece. But it's like it, so I'm willing to bet third time's a charm, and if I don't work on that, you know it. It's, it's going to be a crater, but um, I am going to be doing, uh, I'm going to try and get out and fly this weekend. Uh, I'll just put a couple of flights in, you know, just kind of shake out the cobwebs a little bit. I think mm-hmm. it's much needed. And yeah. then, yeah. you know, that and I've been kind of, I don't know, I mean, the simulator itself doesn't do it for me as far as you know counting that as flying so it's like i need to get out there and at least put a few flights in and then uh gotta order some parts um i did discover on my nx4 that one of the the following arms is bent not by much nothing i even noticed it was just when uh when keith uh borrowed uh the bearing he needed to, you know, get his Protos Nitro back in the air. Uh-huh. He was, uh, the bearing he pulled was out of the following arm, but as he was working on it, he's like, hey, you know this is bent, right? And I was like, what? No, I didn't. So I got to order some uh, following arms. And then, of course, you know, I don't, I have some spares for the, for the NX4. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Get some more spares of stuff that I'm probably gonna more than likely need in case I dump them it, you know, this spring or whatever. So just kind of stock up on parts a little bit. Nice. Um, and as far as that, uh, I think that's about it for me. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. Do we have any listener pipeline? We do not. Oh. Damn. We have nothing. Nada. Okay. If you want us to play your voicemail, drop us a voicemail at 973-936-8936. I guess uh, it's the time to wrap it up. Yeah, I guess. It's time to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's wrap it up. Facebook likes. We are at 1,347. I don't know what we were at before, but I do see three new names this week. So here we go. We have Greg Byes, Yufasa DV, and Lars Markstrom. Lars. Yeah, Lars. What does Greg buy? Yeah, I was going to ask. Greg buys what? Buys Stuff. Buys. He just oh, buys cool. things all the time. Nice. <laughs> all right, Facebook comments. What do we have? We have nothing. A big <gasps> goose egg. No. Nope. no we had something. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nothing on our the wrong page. post. Did I go to Facebook and type in search Facebook and put in Facebook again? (laughs) Um, Well, on our last episode, enough is enough. We had five shares, but nobody 
uh, yeah, comment. Yeah, we didn't have anything on that. It was more on Ian's meme. Yeah, yeah this is a good one. There's me, and uh, I'm with my good buddy, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> and then Kevin's sitting on a radiator. Yep, and I'm sitting on the heater. And hogging all the heat. Definitely. Poor Bernie. Poor Bernie's back there freezing to death. He's got mittens on. He's so Poor cold. Bernie. <laughs> That's how capitalism uh, works, bitch. You don't buy a one. heater, you don't get heat. Uh-huh. Uh. Jimmy Tate said, yeah, best one yet. Smith Milk just said, yep, I fell over laughing. Vance Anderson did the smile and laughing emoji. I wrote, oh, there's a picture of my 750, my old Goblin 750 in the background. Uh, 570, sorry. I can't read. Ross Cooper Smith, haven't heard from him in a while. He posted <laughs> That's uh, a great one. <laughs> the guy opening up his laptop and getting pummeled by a million... Mm-hmm. Bernie's in the chair. Kind of what, kind of what it feels like last few days. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I didn't help that much either. And Devin uh-huh. Hudson said he doesn't seem too impressed with the piloting performance he's watching. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one, Ian. Thanks. All right. And I think that's it. Unless you guys saw something else. No, that's it. All right. Do we have any listener posts? Oh, maybe. Do we? I don't know. I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Andy. I'm sorry. Where's the community? I think I, think I it's it. mostly just Chris Rybert posts. Yeah, let's 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 see here. Did you see that flight he did in his front yard? It was pretty cool. So let's see. First I got uh Keith Boyd says, I was told to post this here. And <laughs> post this uh a little clip of his Protoss Nitro. Okay. I don't have audio, so I don't know if there's maybe some audio to it. But, yeah, um, there's uh, there's a little bit of audio because like when it get when it shows closer to the muffler, he uh, cropped in. Uh, oh, yeah, who's that going? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sure. That was Steve Carell from uh, Bruce Almighty. He clipped the yeah. in there. Should I play it? Sure, go for it. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, let's see here. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, what is this? Three days ago, Cliff Lewis says, uh, Where is the new episode? It's AM. I got to get on the road and I need to get it downloaded so I could be caught up for the questions and answers later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I was like, Oh, yeah. Shit. I forgot to upload the podcast again. And, dude, Cliff was pissed in the chat. He was mad as hell. Yeah. See what I mean See what I mean about, you know, you get in a routine, and when you're kids, you want, you know, hey, A-team's going to be on tonight. I'm all psyched. And then, you know, the president speaks or something, and you're like, damn it. Yeah. Yep. It's probably better that you weren't on Discord because, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people had a lot to say about it. Nice. I'll make sure I release it on Sunday this week then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> uh, that right. might start a riot. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> oh boy. Storm the Capitol building again. All right. Um <laughs> let's see here. Chris Rybert said, Andy, here's some more motivation for you. I don't think this is motivating you at all. <laughs> but he has a, a sport two fifty kit. 
it looks like. It looks like a, a Delta Wing. And um, this is another Willy Nilly's kit. Yeah, yeah, another Willy Nilly. This is pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I should do? I should just mail mine to him and say, here. <laughs> you <do it." laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, he did a kick-ass job on this, though. Yeah, yeah. he's really good at it. Damn. He's quite the planker. Yeah. And he also posted a video of his uh, Twisted Hobbies Velocity. Yes. Having fun in the winter with it. Yep. And that was posted yesterday, flight number 356. And that was pretty cool, man. I swear he had uh, somebody pulling it on a string across the front yard. The knife edge, like, dragging through the snow. That was pretty pretty amazing. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Let's see. Pe- uh, website comments. Whoa. Website. We did get something. Hold on. I didn't Hold see on. it. No, we didn't get anything? I thought I saw something. I don't think so. Oh, maybe it was last week. Okay, people of Podbean. People of Podbean, we got a bunch of stuff. TM Tideback uh-huh. has been listening to a lot of old episodes. Episode 19, Crashes, Close Calls, and Saves. Episode 20, RC Do's and Don'ts. Episode 22, Sponsorship. Episode 23, Building with Foam. 24, RC Myths. And... Sure, Nickel seventy three started following us, and let's see, Filber liked episode two fifty eight review series volume eight, OMP, M two V two helicopter, and Ah and Heli Fun both liked episode two fifty nine. Enough is enough. So somebody listened to last week. Nice, awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for liking. Yeah. Uh, we got a bunch of uh, comments too. So, oh boy, um, I'm just gonna call him Tim. It's TM Titleback. I'm yeah. just calling Tim. Okay. Uh, six days goes in a few years late commenting on this, but uh, power supplies you should float the DC ground side, not both AC and DC ground. Uh, not all of them have the have them built the same, but if you have the ability to isolate the DC side, then it's just to take a couple of nylon. Our plastic washers to separate the chassis ground from the DC side of the power supply. Yeah, so I'm guessing he's talking about um, doing um, yeah series, right? Power supplies. Yep. Running power supply series, you need to disconnect the chassis DC ground, so that way, in case the two chassis touch, they don't ground each other out and cause a big spark and fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think that's what I did on those. I pulled out the. Uh, I actually put nylon nuts into. Mm-hmm. To uh, you yeah, know, to the board, yeah. right? Awesome. Um, Tim wrote five days ago. It's funny to listen about the part uh, for about a part about the line two fifty. They're a bit quirky to get used to, but if you get an SE or a new version, they're a lot better than the older versions. I never had good experience with the HK knockoff. I did a belt conversion and double tail grip bearings, and it flies just as well as a four fifty Pro. Nice. Oh wow, nice. Uh, I guess the plus side with everyone ditching them is I can pick up airframes for and parts for dirt. I'm excited to try the OMP M2 next to the 250SE back to back. I think you're gonna like the OMP better. Uh, Philbert four days ago says always fun to listen to the boys. Nice. A A A A said three days ago says hell year. <laughs> hell yeah or hell year? I don't know. <laughs> hell year. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy, we got a bunch of Gray Eagle. 
All right. So three days ago, Gray Good Jr. says, I lean to type. I complete sentence mind changing mind. Or hashtag mind changing mind. It's not changing. Changing mind? I don't know. It's, I think a couple of his keyboard, you know, um, keys don't work when he types. No, I think someone took and rearranged them. Mm. Okay. Uh, one day ago, Gray Eagle Jr. wrote, Enough never tolerated stationary missionary throttle position holding for pleasurable pipe parts. Repetitive oceanic sailing settling keys holding in key. Picture of a key. Unlocking potential V-bar resource purchasing. Reuse purchasing. Uh, example being come in pieces in the parts bin. Elliot. No creepy candy vandalism. But when the time of approval, no dying department departures, leaving station okay to travel to newness and destinations. Ooh, does that mean he's on vacation? Maybe. And then he replies back to himself, says, welcome, arrival, travel, safe trip? Question mark. <laughs> Is he asking if we went on vacation? Um, he went on vacation. Yeah, and then reply to that, he says, yes, see use timing nextly. And then a reply to that says, hooray. <laughs> and then reply back to his post one day ago, but enough never tolerating stationary missionary. Oh, no, sorry. This is for the I lean to type I complete sentence. He says, I see you did. Good job. Question mark. <laughs> and then uh, Tim six hours ago says I always find it interesting to hear how difficult people think fiber machines were to set up you'll definitely spend a few minutes learning it but setup was faster than any FBL I've experienced I'm sure the modern V control makes it comparable but not everyone is on something like that yet yes there is in my opinion nothing more simpler to set up a, heli, a fly bar less heli than V bar I would say icons is close second because of the um, um, the wizard setup that they both have, which makes it super easy. You just kind of follow their instructions on the screen. Um, but yeah, it's it's super simple. I, I know you fly, you know, um, I believe you fly icon. Oh no, you fly something else. But anyways, yeah, it's the simplest I've ever dealt with. Um, looking at a fly bar and having to lock the fly bar and try to get things to like zero out while holding that thing, that seems difficult because the mechanicalness of it. Obviously, once you know it, you know it. So, cool. Thanks for the comment. Thanks. Okay. And that's it for that. So, iTunes review. Nothing on iTunes. Okay. Okay. I mean, so, that's not okay, but okay. I mean, yes, you're correct. It is not okay, but yeah, what are we going to do? So, if you love us, hate us, want us to continue doing this, drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4c at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4c podcast. Check out our webpage, free4c podcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, flight. Flight test forums, off the field, audio, video production, other than flight test podcast, free4c podcast. Say hi to David Hill, aka Hill the Flyer. Hey, Dave. Dave. Dave Hi, even Dave. showed up, I think. Wow. Yeah, he did. For, in the sim for yep, a few. Yep, he was. Awesome. 
uh, fellow podcasters, we got the Heliheads podcast. That's with Kevin, Dan, Mike, and Scott Graham. Mm -hmm. Uh, Telerotor podcast. That's with uh, a couple of Mikes, a Rich and a Robert. And BKRC. Bert Kyle. RC Roundtable. With Andre. RC After Hours. With Bobby Watts. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I got one ahead of myself. High voltage then. <laughs> Does that have With Bobby Watts. RC After Hours is with Lee Terry and Fitz. <laughs> right? No. I got, I got them all screwed up. How the hell did I do that? You got you got you got lost at RC Roundtable, and I just kept going. I didn't stop. <laughs> That's what you did, you bastard. Yeah, I was reading them and not listening. Okay, so RC Roundtable is Fitz Terry and Lee. You think I would have this down? <laughs> RC after RC hours. after hours is with Andre. High voltage with Bobby Watts. Skids up with uh, Frank, Javier, and Paul. Yep, and ready down under with Jeff and Ozzy Mozzy. All right, Park Flyer Podcast. With two mics and a J. Houdini RC Heli Podcast. Uh, I haven't heard anything from him in a while. With Rich uh-huh. and uh, Kenny. Yep. Uh, RC Plane Lab. Oh, geez. I don't I don't know who that is. Who is that? Got to have a J and maybe a mic in it. Right? J and Mike? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So make sure you check out Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Yeah. The guy, I, I wish I didn't know who that was. I know all too well who Bill is. <laughs> and he all knows you too well too. And he, but but he doesn't he hasn't posted anything in a while either. No. He no. did post a picture of his leaving his telescope out overnight and it snowed. Oh man. Oh, dude, yeah, felt laptop terrible. and everything. Oh yeah. Laptop. Oh man. Yeah. I wonder what he did for that. Now dude, that sucked. I know what he did do. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. That's bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for our listeners. We are skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Later, y'all. <laughs> Later, y'all. <laughs> he said y'all, not raw. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. I can't wait to get my raw just so I can hear that more. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of uh, topic there. Yeah, that was that good, That was a lot though. to squeeze in. That was good. Mm-hmm. A lot to squeeze in. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, no matter you get. Yeah, and the more you think about it, the matter you get. It's like a feedback circle. Feedback loop. Yep. Feedback loop of fucking aggravation. Right. That's like you leave the house in the morning, and then you come back to the house, and then you leave the house. <laughs> Just come to the realization that I'm not a Kubrick fan. Like, it's okay, but I, I think I missed... Like the impressionable age when I needed to watch all that shit. 
and now I watched it. Like I just watched The Shining for the first time about a year ago. Really? Like, yeah, it's okay, but yeah, not that great. It's pretty fucking slow. Yeah, it's definitely slow. I got through about twenty minutes of two thousand one Space Odyssey and fell asleep. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree with you there. I was like, "Is this movie ever going to start?" Yeah, what I the did fuck? the same thing like last year. I put it on, had a few drinks. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch this shit." Dun, 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 dun. I'm asleep. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I was like, "Have we docked yet?" Oh my god! That's what I told Tima. As long as you understand it. From henceforth, everything will be your fault. We'll get along just fine. <laughs> wow. At least Tima got like, a warning. I didn't even get that from my wife. She's like, okay. I had to slowly learn that over several years. And now every time I fuck up something, I was like, you see what you made me do? Yep. <laughs> she goes, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> my favorite is when I'm paying bills and I'm like, you spent how much? And she's like, well, you, you made me do that because... <laughs> And then it's just like this long, you know, couple more sentences and my mind's just gone anyways. Just wants to agree with her to get out of the conversation. <laughs> oh my God. That <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of something. Sometimes we'll be talking, I'll be talking to Tima about something and I'll ask a question. We'll just start into this fucking long out. And about 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I'd never asked this. <laughs> fucking shut up. I didn't know oh, the need to know the, the fucking entire history of the Spanish Inquisition just to answer my stupid question uh, or, or whatever. Yeah, it's like I don't even care anymore. Just shut up. Yeah. I threw it out already. Whatever we were talking about, <laughs> I threw away. <laughs> <laughs> then I think, God damn, I'm a dick. <laughs> no, you're not. Because she she, she gets long winded sometimes. Shit. I'm like, is this story, does this story have a point? Are you ever going to get to it? <laughs> Damn it, woman, I just tried watching Space <laughs> 2001. And uh -huh. now I'm having this conversation with you. I'm going to throw myself down a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five shares and a fart. <laughs> Isolating that. Yo, yo, hello. Hey. What's going on? What's up, man? Just hanging out mm. with my wang out. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one not wearing pants. Oh boy. <laughs> she sounds and feels so good he said really that's what I said when I first got laid <laughs> jeez I got nothing dude I got nothing that's except what she you, said except you sure it wasn't thank you <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe it. Thank you so much. Right. I didn't think it would ever happen. <laughs> you are so bad, dude. You're no. terrible. No. This is the best 35-year birthday present I could ever get. <laughs> <laughs>